Joe Barry said this defense was going to be completely different this year. Kenny Clark wouldn't give away any of the secrets, but said, watch the tape on Sunday. Well, I did. And they're both right. This Packers defense looks different. Plus, Lily Zhao joins us to talk about Jordan Love, the beatdown of the Chicago Bears, and why we have to recalibrate the ceiling for this Packers team this season. All that on today's show. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode brought to you by our friends at Jace. Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Lily Zhao on the show today. Zhao, you doing back in full effect for our week one recap as we get set into week two here for the Packers as they get set to travel to Atlanta on the road again. Just can't wait to get back on that road again. Um, I don't know if that was the word, but that's the tune. <laughs> We're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Jordan Love, uh, and she has an outstanding point about what week one meant to her and how it relates to the way that she views this team. Before we get there, it was okay to be skeptical of this defense. Totally fine. We talked about it every day, as we'll remember. This was something that I said, look, I understand you being guarded about this, but also understand the talent on this team. And so if your expectations, you want to, you know, under-promise and over-deliver, I get it if that is like a personal thing for you. But the talent says that this defense can be really, really Good. Now, the run defense was outstanding. The The only running that the Bears were able to really put together at all was Justin Fields' scrambles. And the reason that he had to scramble a lot in this game is because the Packers had a pressure rate of over 50%. We're talking about almost 40 dropbacks. The Packers got a 53% pressure rate. So on one out of every two dropbacks, actually a little more than that, the Packers were getting pressure. Now, this is not a very good Bears offensive line, but they went out. They got a first-round pick at right tackle. They have Nate Davis, solid player that they brought in. Now, they, they lose Tevin Jenkins, so they're having to reshuffle along their offensive front. But this Packers defense, the rookies, ju let's just, just do the rookies. Lucas Van Ness had five pressures 
in this game leads rookies in week one. Kobe Wooden, four pressures. Carl Brooks, three pressures and a sack. That's just your rookie group. Then you add in Devontae Wyatt. He had six pressures and two sacks in this game. Pro Pro Football Focus, they are not cowards. You get a full sack if you are part of a sack. If you get a half, no, you get a full. It's two sacks. The Packers, because you can get pressure with more than one player on, on a single play, 36 pressures. Eight Green Bay Packers had two or more pressures and 12 total Packers had at least one. You only get to play with 11 guys. The Packers had 12 players get pressures. You say, okay, you got good players. That helps. Yeah, Rashawn Gary, incredible. Five pressures in 10 pass rush reps. And that doesn't even include, as, J- as our buddy Jason Hirschhorn pointed out on Twitter, the sack on a free play where he just absolutely suns, suns the Bears' right tackle. This front has a chance to be what we expected over the last few years because they're just so athletic. They're so gifted. They're so talented. And Joe Barry, and we had Cody Alexander on from Match Quarters a couple weeks ago talking about this defense and the the evolution of Joe Barry. And what is so interesting is a lot of these teams that are finding the Fangio schemes ill-suited to do everything that you need in terms of trying to stop the run and playing, put a lid on the whole defense. They're playing more cover too. Well, what are the Packers doing? Playing all these two high safeties? You can get more guys at the line of scrimmage. Joe Barry is going back to his roots. Too high. And instead of playing passive, you go out and you play games all day. Preston Smith has a 9.8 relative athletic score. I know he's not that level of athlete. He's not a 98th percentile at the combine outside linebacker athlete anymore, but he's still really good. Devontae Wyatt, 9.6 RAS. Rashawn Gary, 9.95 RAS. Kobe Wood in 9.26 RAS. Lucas Van Ness, 9.75. Even Kenny Clark, who is not an elite, elite athlete by measurement, he runs down a screenplay. 7.55 RIS, by the way, still an above average athlete to be sure. The best way to maximize those guys is to get them on the move. Don't just ask them to go forward and try and win blocks that way. No, get them on the move. Create some confusion. That's what they did. And it was what we were calling for last year. It's what Ajiro Evero, for example, did a lot in Denver. Let's muck up the picture for these offenses. It messes with the count on run plays. Now, you can stunt and twist and game yourself right into, you know, uh, a gap scheme where you're you're getting kicked out and you're looping around and you make the hole all of a sudden enormous for that running back to just fly through. And, and against a team like the Falcons, Tyler Algier is an awesome running back. Bajon Robinson, in, in the brief glimpse that we got, looks dynamic. It is an offense that is beautifully designed by Arthur Smith. And so the Packers are going to have their, have their have have to have their big boy pants on when it comes to run defense. Desmond Ritter didn't have to throw the ball very often, but that was also a Falcons team 
that was in a nip and tuck game with the Panthers at home. And the Panthers are starting a rookie quarterback. He throws two interceptions in his own end. Gift wraps the game. And it's not until Desmond Ritter throws a bomb at the end that it even goes from a one-score game to a game that looks like it was less close than it was. I watched almost that entire, I missed the first like five minutes of Falcons-Panthers. I, I had it on the four box on, on the YouTube TV. And so I was watching. I have not done the full scouting report watch for it, but I was watching it live in real time. And that game was close. It was ugly. It was physical. And I went back and I looked at the offensive line numbers because it seemed like I was like, this seems this seems bad for the Falcons. Like the, the offensive line is supposed to be one of the strengths of their team. They just gave Chris Lidstrom the biggest guard contract ever. Jake Matthews is a former first round pick. Pass blocking grades from Pro Football Focus. Jake Matthews, 55, below average. Caleb McGarry, 43.9, well below average. Chris Lindstrom, their almost $100 million man, I think. 16.7 out of 100. 16.7. Now, Matthew Bergeron, who's a rookie, 83.9, that's great. Drew Dahlman, a solid number, 72.9. But they couldn't block Derek Brown. And they had no shot at block, block blocking Brian Burns. Well, the Packers have four guys, at least on the edge, that can go mess up opposing games. They've got multiple guys on the interior. Chris Lindstrom, really nice player, but clearly can be beat. Matthew Bergeron had a really nice debut, but he's a rookie. So this is a team that, if you're going to talk about why things can be different for the Packers this year, defensively, this is the point that you make. And you point to this game and you say, yes, the Bears offensive line, a mess. But to get to 36 pressures, to have that many guys be able to create opportunities, this is the deepest this Packers front has been in a long time. It is the most active that they have been in a long time in terms of moving the launch point for these guys and creating one-on-one opportunities and and man-on-half-man opportunities. This team... It seems like they've figured something out. And it could be the key to this defense taking the jump that we all thought they would take last year. All right, we're going to talk to Lily Zhao, our pal Lily Zhao, in just a second here on Locked on Packers. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out on this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Patriots running back Ramondre Stevenson had a tough time running in week one against the Eagles and saved his fantasy value with six catches for 64 yards. Expect him to get in on the ground in week two after doing a little with 12 carries on the first game of the season. The Dolphins got gashed for 208 yards and two touchdowns by the Chargers. Stevenson's burst and quickness make it even more favorable matchup against a Miami pass rush oriented front. May not be on the waiver wire, but could be a buy low candidate after week one. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts, 
for your number one, ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumper, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber not to cash. This is a great opportunity for you to save money in an area where it can be really hard to save money if you don't know what you're doing or what you're talking about. But that's why you get that guaranteed fit and, of course, the lowest price. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only, and exclusions do apply. Thanks for making Locked on Packers your first listen every day. Every dayers tomorrow on the show, we've got Aaron Freeman, our crossover Thursday, and then a guest coming on Friday, trying to get that worked out scheduling-wise. We're going to have someone. I hope it is the person that I think it's going to be, but I don't, again, I, I don't want to overpromise and underdeliver on this one. So keep your eyes peeled. As they say, watch this space. Joining me now for the first victory edition of the 2023 season of America's favorite games. How you doing? Our pal from Fox six, Lily Zhao. Lily, the Packers won, which means the bears lost. We have a lot to talk about on today's shows. How you doing? Peter, I'm doing well. It's kind of dipping in the autumn kind of feel here in Wisconsin. So the pumpkin spice, the apples going, and then the Packers win. So it's officially football season. Super excited. Um, I think we both expected a really good game in Chicago, and we got it from the Packers. So I'm doing well. How's how you doing? I'm I'm good. Uh, I, I very much enjoyed what happened on Sunday. Obviously, um, for those of you who listened to any of the shows that I that I did or know me at all. Um, I, I enjoyed them very much. Um, let's start though on a little bit of a down note. We have to, we have to address what happened in New York on Monday night, Aaron Rodgers, Terrace's Achilles. He is going to miss the entire 2023 season. He will not have completed a pass for the New York jets by the next time we see him on the field. When this happened last night, uh, when, when you found out that this is, this is what the fear was that he had gone out before we even knew about the Achilles, what was your reaction to all of that? I was in shock. I think everyone was. I mean, we saw how silent MetLife Stadium got after he got taken down, which routine sack. You think he'll he'll pop up, and even if you tweak something, it's not that serious. And then we see the cart coming out. We see the walking boot on his on his leg, and then you're thinking, oh no, this really could be the worst case scenario. I was thinking high ankle sprain, Achilles, which is what it ended up being. But it was just so just brutal because again, if there was so much buildup. There was so much hype. I know the Jets fans, they were so excited to see what was going to happen. The Packers also have a vested interest because of that 65%. Right. All eyes were on this game in prime time. And I'm thinking, we're going to get a full game of Aaron Rodgers, a full season of Aaron Rodgers. We're going to see where they stack. And then four plays in, it happened. Um, it's hard to put into words kind of just the thoughts that were going on in my mind outside of shock because I was like, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. What are the football gods it, doing? It did seem surreal. And and we had also, I think, as as you and I, I mean, we've watched Aaron Rodgers for a long time. My first thought was 2018, when it looks like he has a potentially serious leg injury. And you're like, okay, this season might be over again. Because remember, that was coming off 2017. He breaks his collarbone and he's back in 2018. And you're just like, you're so excited to see him again. And then 
he gets hurt and you're like, oh my God, what is happening? He comes out, he leads this comeback. And I, I was sort of prepping myself for that. I'm like, oh, they'll tape him up. He'll come back out and it'll be this other thing. And then you start to see the screenshots, the, the video of the back of his leg. And you sort of knew immediately that this was going to be how this went. I, it, it is unfortunate that there were a lot of people that seemed very happy about it. There was the video of the, the bar in Milwaukee about they were going to, you know, pay your bar tab if the Jets lost it, I don't, you know, I, I'm very critical of Aaron Rodgers. Don't do that stuff. That's just, it's gross. That's what Vikings fans do. They celebrate other people's injuries. Um, don't do that. Any, any just like lingering Rodgers thoughts that you want to add before we move on to Packers Bears? Just so disappointing for him yeah. and for the league because again, I think yeah. we were, right. It was just, we were going to see a new landscape of NFL football, Rodgers in New York. What were they going to do with that division? Could they make it to the playoffs for the first time in forever? Um, I wanted to see Aaron Rodgers play. And I think that was the sentiment for 99% of the country. And him not being in the league, make, it just stinks. It stinks for him. Uh, you have to wonder, again, how many more years can he play? Can he yeah. re or, you know, regroup quickly, rehab quickly, and get back on the field? I mean, that's, all, that's what we want to see. But disappointing for him, for everyone, um, and just for fans of football. Yeah, I think even the fans that were like, yes, I want Aaron Rodgers to play. I want to watch him lose every single game because there were fans doing that too. You still wanted to watch it. You still wanted to see him and see this experiment play out in real time. And now another year, he's going to be a 40-year-old rehabbing from an Achilles injury. Like that's just, that's a, that's a tall order. I'm not saying he can't do it. It just, the next time we see him, it's probably not going to be the same version of Aaron Rodgers that we saw last year, even at his best. And that that makes this even more of a bummer. Let's... Let's snap back, all right? Back and back, big smiles on our faces, right? Um, the Packers and the Bears, I think the first half played out kind of how I expected it to. The second half was when things went a little off the rails uh, in, a, in a really fun way. W what is going to stand out to you as, as sort of like your big takeaway from what we saw? Well, I agree with you. I, I expected the first half to kind of be this figuring things out, defensive battle, and then the second half, someone was going to pull away. I still thought it was going to be a close game, closer game than what we saw on Sunday. But in my mind, I'm thinking the ceiling for all three phases is high. Granted, yeah, it was week one, overreac overreactions, right, galore. But the ceiling for let's the do it, Let's overreact. Right. The, the, the ceiling for the offense, the defense, and the special teams is high. And I think that's the first time I can say that on a Packers team in quite some time. You have Jaden Reed, Keyshawn Nixon, the special teams unit, those guys um, who are just kind of really embracing their roles in that group. And then you have the defense who came out and just flustered Justin Fields. They played tight coverage in the secondary. Jordan Love in the offense, kind of figuring things out. Still don't have Christian Watson. What can they do with him? So I was pleasantly surprised, and I think the upside for this team is higher than I thought it was going to be this year based off of what we saw on Sunday. I'm, I'm totally with you. I'm so glad you mentioned this idea of the upside being, being higher than you thought. I did not think, even against a Bears team that I did not think was very good, 31 points for the offense against any NFL defense without Christian Watson and with Romeo Dobbs on a pitch count seemed not impossible, but like not within the realm of likely outcomes in week one. Eventually, sure. Like they have some late game, you know, late season games against some softer opponents like the, the Carolina Panthers game later in the year. Like, yeah, they could put, I, they could put 30 on that team. 
not in week one. Like I, it, it, it did make me recalibrate what the ceiling of this team is. And I, I, I guess I didn't even sort of realize it until you said that. So the, like, I, I love that point. Was there a player that stood out to you as surprising in a good way too? Uh, let's, let's go non Jordan love division because it was just really fun to see him on the field. We'll, we'll get to plenty of Jordan love talk. I promise. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I would say outside of the traditional Jordan love, like you mentioned, Romeo Dobbs, we've seen, you know, a year of work with him. I'd say Jaden Reed impressed special teams, yeah. uh, made a couple big catches on third down. And then Devontae Wyatt. I mean, I thought he also impressed on the mm. side of the football. Those two youngsters, I thought, hey, I mean, they're going to come through. This is still game one, but I was certainly impressed with what I saw there. Um, and the fact that they're able to have so many young guys that are so versatile that's that's fine. That's fine. Um, so those two guys stood out to me on Sunday. All right, we're going to get back to our conversation with our pal Lily Zhao on Zhao Yuduin for Locked On Packers here in just a second. Today's episode brought to you by Jace Medical. The Jace case is something that, let's say if you're traveling or if you have kids like I do, it is really, really comforting to know that you can have potentially life-saving antibiotics for emergency use right in your home. All it takes to get a Jace case is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our board-certified physicians, get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related question. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. There are some people who just get ear infections. And to have to go to the doctor every single time, sometimes that is way more trouble than it can be worth, especially with school and the cost of a doctor's visit, all that stuff. Jace takes the headache out of it. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day, every dayers. Go check out what we're doing on subtext. Got a lot of texts during the game, after the game, the last couple days. It's been a lot of fun interacting with all of you. Find us, Locked On Packers is what you should be searching for on subtext. Go check us out there. And then go look at what we're doing over at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. I, I teased on the show yesterday uh, uh, a piece that is going up today because I thought it was going to go up yesterday, but then Aaron Rodgers tears his Achilles. Um, not something that we're going to talk about today, but potentially, you know, down the line. Who knows? Devontae Wyatt, definitely one of those guys where you're just like, oh, this is why they use a first round pick on this guy. The, the number of different looks we saw. This is a young team, Lily. And and Ben Fennell, our, our pal, mentioned this on Twitter, like so many different run concepts, so many different personnel groupings and formations. And Matt LaFleur is like, you guys are young. We think you can, we think you can do this. And I was so impressed with Matt LaFleur in the second half of this game that it makes the first half made me go like, Matt, what happened? Like, what was going on? This Aaron Jones thing, how do we get this figured out? Like, can we start a petition, Lily? Like, what do we do here? It's still the free Aaron Jones. Is that, that is, does that hashtag still apply? Yeah, I, I thought Mike McCarthy was in Dallas. What's going on? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he was asked about it in the locker room, and you know Aaron Jones, he's not going to – he's like, you know, Matt had a plan, I trusted it, you know, that was his answer. But again, you know, we kind of saw the – not the drop-off, but just the difference with him on the field versus him on the sidelines. And, you know, the couple of the three and outs that they had, Aaron Jones didn't get a touch. Then, you know, second half, he's coming through, and then he injures his hamstring, and defense able to score a touchdown. But again, just – being a playmaker, being so dynamic, you see what he adds to this offense, and they certainly need him. He's going to be a massive focal point for this team. He's reliable. He's a security blanket for Jordan Love. Good pass catcher, electric on the ground. I mean, they need him. they got to get him more touches as the season goes on, and that's just a winning formula for this team. Yeah, the, the other part of that, though, Lily, is that we thought this backfield was going to be awesome with him and A.J. Dillon, and it, I think it's easy to go back to last year and go, AJ Dillon started the season really slow lid last year. And then this year it comes out and the drop-off is not supposed to be that big. This is why you invest a second round pick in someone like AJ Dillon. The drop-off from Aaron Jones to AJ Dillon is not supposed to be what we saw on Sunday. So any, any concern there for you that this is what's going on right now? Uh, I wouldn't say concern just yet. Uh, if this is still a trend middle of the season, then it is concerning. Because like you mentioned, just the difference that we saw in the field with the different tailbacks was significant. And, you know, I know AJ had that drop early on. Uh, I know he's probably beating himself up about that. And just not being able to turn out five yards a run, six yards run. I know that's what he knows he can do. So let's just say, you know, week one, a wash. Let's get better from here. I don't think it's a concern just yet. But you have to think if if Aaron Jones, if that hamstring starts to linger, you know, if he can't play, is A.J. Dillon and whoever they else, you know, bring up, can those guys get it done in the backfield? That's the big question. Yeah, we saw Patrick Taylor get some snaps at the end of the game. He was out there presumably for special teams. They have Emmanuel Wilson on the 53, but he was not up. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on this injury, of course, over the course of the week and, and the coming weeks. They've tried to protect Aaron Jones from overwork in the Matt LaFleur era. Mike McCarthy always claimed that's why he was doing it too, but... Uh, I guess we just have to sort of take them at their word. Speaking of taking them at their word, I think Packer fans could be forgiven, Lily, for hearing Joe Barry say, this year's going to be different and going, yeah, yeah, Joe. Okay, whatever you say. And yet here we are, and you have the pick six from Quay Walker. They get constant pressure. They had over a 50% pressure rate on Justin Fields. Unbelievable. Carl Brooks gets a sack. Lucas Van Ness chases down Justin Fields. They're gaming up the front. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Like uh, to borrow from from Dion Lily, do you believe now? I, I do right now. Uh, you know, ask me if they play. You know, a more dynamic offense, and and we'll yeah. see what they do. But they give up 200 yards rushing to the Falcons, then we can stop believing. <laughs> yeah, like Watson's going to be a whole other animal. So if they can contain him, that's just great A in my book. But Again, from what we saw against the Bears, I was very surprised. I was very pleasantly surprised because, like you mentioned, Justin Fields, yeah, he's going to be tough to, to tackle regardless in the open field. But what they were able to do to pressure him, Rashawn Gary got to him a couple times as well, despite one sack being taken away because of a flag. But their ability to pressure but also take away that passing game, which, you know, granted they got down in the count on the scoreboard – but DJ Moore was not a factor. Darnell Mooney, rarely a factor. You know, this, this kind of like highly vaunted passing game that they were talking about didn't really do much. So it really was still their bread and butter with the run game. And the Packers did enough. And they flustered that team enough to make a difference. And, you know, Jair Alexander was asked about it after the game about, 
you know, DJ Moore having two catches. And he was like, did you guys expect anything else? Like, that's what we thought we were going to do. <laughs> I love Jair. He's always, always good for one of those quotes after a game like this. Yep. Uh, this is, it, it did strike me. You mentioned J Justin Fields and, and his relationship to this pass rush. Watching it back, it struck me that like, if it's not Justin Fields back there, the Packers might've had like six, eight sacks. Like the Bears were lucky that Justin Fields is an S tier athlete because like Gerald Gander had him dead to rights on a corner blitz that Justin Fields gets out of. Devontae Wyatt had him dead to rights in the backfield. He gets out of it. it there could have been two or three more of these. And like Desmond Ritter doesn't move like that. Almost every quarterback left on the Packers schedule, probably every quarterback left, right? Does not move like Justin Fields. So de definitely a sign of things to come. We've, we've let the people wait long enough, Lily. Jordan Love. Let's talk about it. We talked about your expectations and, and you expected him to come in and, and play pretty well right away. So did you feel like he lived up to those expectations? Certainly. I mean, you know, I wasn't expecting him to be slinging five touchdowns and throwing 60 yard bombs in week one and, you know, didn't have Christian, but right. I liked what I saw. Yes, it was still an up and down performance for a guy who's making his first career start as the starter, still an up and down day for him, but the highlights kind of very, very well outshined the, if there were any lowlights, you know, he talked about the miss to Luke Musgrave that he wanted back and a couple of throws that he could have thrown a lot better, but on the day, I mean, he was able to execute on third and fourth down. I think he was eight of 10, 141 yards, two touchdowns. That's phenomenal. Uh, just being able to be a game manager, make the good throws that throw to Romeo Dobbs, his second touchdown to him. Phenomenal. Awesome throw. Great as well. So I was very pleasantly surprised with what I saw with Jordan Love. It's what I expected to see. And now that we have that baseline, hopefully it just goes up from here. Yeah, I wrote about this for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for everyone to subscribe to, that like they scored 31 and left a lot of meat on the bone. Like there was some weird play calling in the first half. They forgot Aaron Jones existed. They almost <laughs> let the clock run down at the end of the first half. Jordan Love missed a couple throws. If they clean some of that stuff up, like this, this team, to your first point, we have to, I think, start to talk about at least readjusting our expectations for the ceiling of this football team. I want to end on this because you are a resident vibes expert. The vibes seem immaculate in Green Bay right now. Rashawn Gary interrupting Aaron Andrews post-game uh, conversation with Jordan Love saying, stop playing with him. Like, it just seems like this team loves being this team. And it's not even about anyone else or anything else. It just seems like this group seems really tight knit. What is your impression of where this team is? Totally. I, I totally get that vibe as well. You know, there was a different, not regime, but just a different feel in past seasons, excuse me, with older guys on the roster, Aaron Rodgers, and there's just a different set of eyes, expectations, whatnot. Yeah. You bring in a fresh group of, of young guys who are just literally starting out their careers together. And it's fun. They're playing light. Like Aaron Jones is yelling across the locker room to Jordan Love. Hey, congrats, man. Like the vibes are immaculate. Like you said, the guys are playing music in there. They were all hyped. They won. And what excites me most though, is again, that they are building together. The question is, can they sustain this as the year goes on? Cause then you look at the Lions game that's coming up in a couple weeks. I'm like, that's going to be a good litmus, litmus test in my opinion of where do they stock up in the division between a line or against a Lions team who I thought is or was slash is very good. So vibes immaculate. Things are going well. 
Let's see what they do in Atlanta, but I'm very, very excited to see what this Packers team can do. Ceiling for me at the moment might be higher than the 8-9 win range I originally thought. This is, uh, I said last thing, but I'm going to veto myself. It's my show. Um, <laughs> the This is a, it's a related issue, though. So my thought going in was like, okay, this is a young team. And sometimes young teams don't know what they don't know. You just go in and you go like, yeah, we should, we should win 10, 11 games. Like we should be a playoff team. And they just go out and they do it because they're not worried about not doing it. There isn't that built in pressure. It's like a golfer who has putting problems when they're 50, the putting problems are way worse, even though they have so much more wisdom and resiliency because they have this scar tissue. It's different. But then I'm like at halftime, I'm going, we have no idea how this team is going to respond to adversity. We've never seen them respond to adversity. And this is something you have to build together. So what did you think of in the second half? This as like a touchstone moment of like, this team got punched in the mouth, kind of. Like we talked about, they didn't, things did not go their way in the first half. And they come out and they just blow the doors off Chicago in the second half. Like it's possible we're looking back at this game and going, that was a moment. Oh, certainly. And, and I think it was that turning point when it became 24-14, right? They, they score the touchdown, get yep. the extra point or the uh, two-point conversion. And then from there, you're thinking, all right, it's getting tense. It's a 10-point game. What's going to happen? Next drive, they come right back, punch them in the mouth, score a touchdown, score another one. And from there, it was an easy Packers victory. They responded well. Matt LaFleur talked about that moment as well, kind of being like, this is what we wanted to see out of our team, the resiliency, the ability to not think about it too much and just go for it. And they did. And that was really impressive to me because, again, we saw it in the preseason, right? We saw it with that offense in the preseason, just being able to say, take that last drive, throw it away. We're just going to go play our brand of football and, and score a touchdown. I like it. I like that this team is ballsy. I, I like that they're young, they're energetic. And like you mentioned, they really don't have the scar tissue yet to affect how they're going to play moving forward. They don't know what they don't know. I love it. All right, Lily, we've got the, we've got the Falcons coming up on the schedule this week. We'll be back next week to talk about everything Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers, maybe talking about a 2-0 Packers team, a surprise 2-0 Packers team. Certainly surprised 1-0 Packers team to a lot of people. I don't know why, but to a lot of people. Thanks, Lily. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. We I knew we had to talk some Aaron Rodgers. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it off the top, but I did think it was a worthy conversation to have. Big, you know, obviously enormous, enormous news NFL-wise, and affects the Packers in terms of their draft capital. But that seems like a conversation we can have another day. And and I'm sure we will have that conversation another day. Back tomorrow, crossover Thursday with Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons. And then an interview coming on Friday. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to come hang out with us live, we will be live on Sunday after the game, an early game, Packers Falcons on our YouTube page. So you can stay Locked on Packers.